The Israelites had crossed the Red Sea. The impossible had happened. The mightiest army in the ancient world, the Egyptians with their horse-drawn chariots, had been defeated and drowned. The people were now free. But the re relief proved short-lived. Almost immediately they faced attack by the Amalekites, and they had to fight a battle, this time with no apparent miracles from God. They did so, and they won. This was a decisive turning point in history, not only for the Israelites, but for Moses and his leadership of the people. The contrast between before and after the Red Sea couldn't be more complete. Before, facing the approaching Egyptians, Moses said to the people, Stand still and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that he will bring you today. Hashem Yilachem Lachem, God, will fight for you and all you need to do is be silent. In other words, do nothing. God will do it for you. And he did. In the case of the Amalekites, however, Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and prepare for battle against Amalek. Joshua did so, and the people waged war. This was the great transition from a situation in which the leader, with the help of God, does it for the people, to the one in which the leader empowers the people to do it for themselves. And as this was happening, the Torah focuses our attention on one detail. As the battle began, Moses climbed to the top of the hill overlooking the battlefield with a staff in his hand. And then we read, As long as Moshe held his hands up, the Israelites prevailed, but when he let his hands down, the Amalekites prevailed. When Moses' hands became weary, they took a stone and placed it under him so that he would be able to sit on it. Aaron and Hor then held his hands, one on each side, and his hands remained steady until sunset. What's going on here? The passage could be read in two ways. The staff in Moses' hand, with which he'd performed the miracles in Egypt and at the Red Sea, might be a sign that the Israelites' victory was a miraculous one. Alternatively, it might simply be a reminder to the Israelites that God was with them, giving them strength. Very unusually, since the Mishnah is, in general, a book of law, not Bible commentary, the Mishnah actually resolves the question. It asks, Did the hands of Moses make or break the cause of war? No. The text implies that whenever the Israelites looked up and dedicated their hearts to their Father in heaven, they prevailed, but otherwise they fell. The Mishnah is clear. Neither the staff nor Moses' upraised hands were performing a miracle. They were simply reminding the Israelites to look up to heaven and remember that God was with them. This gave them the confidence and courage to win. A fundamental principle of leadership is being taught here. A leader must empower the team. He cannot do the work for them. They must do it for themselves. But he must at the same time give them the absolute confidence that they can do it and succeed. He is responsible for their mood and morale. During the battle, he must betray no sign of weakness, doubt, or fear. And that isn't always easy. Moses' hands became weary. All leaders have their moments of exhaustion. At such times, the leader needs support. Even Moses needed the help of Aaron and Hor. In the end, though, his upraised hands were the sign the Israelites needed that God was giving them the strength to prevail, and they did. In today's terminology, a leader needs emotional intelligence. Daniel Goleman, best known for his work in this field, argues that one of the most important tasks of a leader 
is to shape and lift the mood of the team. This is what he writes. Great leaders move us. They ignite our passion and inspire the best in us. When we try to explain why they are so effective, we speak of strategy, vision, or powerful ideas. But the reason is much more primal. Great leadership works through the emotions. Groups have an emotional temperature. As individuals, they can be happy or sad, agitated or calm, fearful or confident. But when they come together as a group, a process of attunement, what's called emotional contagion, takes place. And they begin to share the same feeling. Scientists have shown experimentally how within 15 minutes of starting a conversation, two people begin to converge in the physiological markers of mood, such as pulse rate. When three strangers sit facing each other in silence for a minute or two, the one who is most emotionally expressive transmits his or her mood to the other two without even needing to speak a single word. The physiological basis of this pro process, known as mirroring, has been much studied in recent years and observed even among primates. It's the basis of empathy through which we enter into and share other people's feelings. And that is one of the most important roles of a leader. It is he or she who, more than others, determines the mood of the group. And the result is that leaders, at least in public, must project confidence, even if inwardly they may be full of doubts and hesitations. If they betray their private fears in word or gesture, they risk demoralizing the group. And that is why, in the case of the battle against Amalek, the first battle the Israelites had to fight for themselves, Moses had a vital role to perform. He had to give the people confidence by getting them to look up. In 1875, an amateur archaeologist, Marcellino de Sotuola, began excavating the ground in a cave in Altamira, near the north coast of Spain. At first he found little to interest him, but his curiosity was rekindled by a visit to the Paris Exhibition of 1878, where a collection of Ice Age implements and art objects was on display. Determined to see whether he could find equally ancient relics, he returned to the cave in 1879. One day he took with him his nine-year-old daughter Maria. While he was searching through the rubble, she wandered deeper into the cave, and to her amazement, saw something on the wall above her. Look, Papa, oxen, she said. They were, in fact, bison. She had made one of the great discoveries of prehistoric art of all time. The magnificent Altamira cave paintings, between 25 and 35,000 years old, were so unprecedented a finding that it took 22 years for their authenticity to be accepted. For four years... Satwala had been within a few feet of a monumental treasure, but he had missed it for one reason. He forgot to look up. One of the ongoing themes of Tanakh is the need to look up. Su enechem marom, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, says Isaiah. Esainael heharim, said King David, I lift up my eyes to the hills, from there will my help come. In Deuteronomy, Moses tells the Israelites that the promised land won't be like the flat plain of the Nile Delta where water is plentiful and in regular supply. It'll be a land of hills and valleys entirely dependent on unpredictable rain. In other words, it will be a landscape that forces 
its inhabitants to look up to the sky. That's what Moses did for the people in their first battle. He taught them to look up. No political, social or moral achievement is without formidable obstacles. There are vested interests to be confronted, attitudes to be changed, resistances to be overcome. The problems are immediate and the ultimate goal often frustratingly far away. Every collective undertaking is like leading a nation across the wilderness toward a destination that is always more distant than it seems when you look at the map. Look down at the difficulties and you can give way to despair. The only way to sustain energies, individual or collective, is to turn our gaze up toward the far horizon of hope. The philosopher Wittgenstein once said that his aim in philosophy was to show the way, the, the fly, the way out of the fly bottle. What did he mean? The fly is trapped in the bottle. It searches for a way out. Repeatedly it bangs its head against the glass until at last exhausted it dies. Yet the bottle has been open all the time. The one thing the fly forgets to do is to look up. And so sometimes do we. It's the task of a leader to empower, but it's also his or her task to inspire. And that is what Moses did when, at the top of a hill in full sight of the people, he raised his hands and his staff to heaven. When they saw this, the people knew they could prevail, not by might, nor by power, but my, by my spirit, said the prophet Zechariah. Jewish history is a sustained set of variations on this theme. A small people that in the face of difficulty continues to look up will win great victories and achieve great things.